0: Did your kids ever have tantrums? Mm, Yeah, they did. Did they ever interrupt friends or talk nonstop? Mm, Yeah. How about acting overly restless or grabbing things instead of asking first? Oh, yeah,
1: definitely in those preschool years.
0: Mm -hmm. Getting frustrated easily, giving up quickly, cutting in line, having a hard time taking turns. Bursting into tears in response to gentle teasing, or having trouble listening to criticism. Listen, I have trouble with that last one. Me too. Well, my (laughs) kids did all of those things too. These are just examples of what it looks like when our kids are not displaying (laughs) self-control. And that is what we're going to talk about today. This is another episode in our Cultivate series, where we're always saying it's so much better to elevate what you're looking for in your children, the virtues, rather than squashing what you don't want, the vices. So we've been talking about how you can cultivate character in your kids through the years.
1: Mm -hmm. So moms, can your child resist distractions? Can they inhibit their impulses? Can they bounce back from difficult emotions? Can they delay gratification and plan ahead? If not, listen on. We have some help for you. Do not despair.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Obviously, a lot of that's going to depend on your child's age because toddlers, we know, lack self-control that the older kids are going to have. Of course. Self-control develops over the years with some of the biggest changes happening between the ages of three and seven.
1: Yeah. So we always like to start with what we're talking about here. So let's talk about what self-control actually is. I love this definition from David Mathis, the executive editor at DesiringGod.com. Self-control is simply that important, impressive, and nearly impossible practice of learning to maintain control of the beast of one's own passions. It means remaining master of your own domain, not only in the hunky-dory, but also when faced with trials or temptations. Self-control may be the epitome of easier
0: said than done. (laughs) And if you have a toddler, or a child of any age, then you know this already. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's disciplining them to delay their impulses or gratifications for a greater purpose or cause. And a lot of times that greater purpose or cause is other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anytime we're exercising self control, we're just simply saying no to something for the sake of a bigger, better, yes, we're trading something in the here and now for something greater in the future. So alongside love and godliness, self-control serves as a major summary term for Christian conduct in full flower. So 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. It is the climactic fruit of the spirit in the apostles' famous list in Galatians 5. And it's one of the first things that must be characteristics of leaders in the church. As listed in Titus and 1
0: Timothy. Hmm. So God thinks it's kind of an important virtue yeah. for us to be working on. Yeah. Acts summarizes the Christian gospel in the worldview as righteousness and self control and the coming judgment. And Proverbs 25, 28 likens a man without self control to a city broken into and left without walls. That's a really That's interesting a word picture yeah so
1: a city without walls mean there's means there's no defenses for the city's own good right boundaries are gone Mm -hmm. yep so why is self-control important even for young kids well studies show that preschool children with better self-control skills have more friends no surprise there
0: right they're not hitting they're not biting (laughs) not grabbing and cutting in line sure Preschoolers who are better at self control also, probably as a result of having more friends uh-huh. and social um, interaction, become more self confident, independent, better at handling stress and frustration, and better in academic performance during adolescence.
1: Yeah, years down the road. Mm-hmm. Young children with poor self control tend to make less academic progress. And throughout the school years, they're more likely to experience anxiety depression ag- and aggressive behavior problems again probably just stemming from that frustration they don't know how to regulate uh, what they're feeling inside
0: right and that social feedback that they're getting yep is telling it's, them you're not doing something right mm-hmm. maybe they don't know what that is because they haven't had this virtue elevated yep in the long run kids with poor self-control are at higher risk even for poor health outcomes like obesity and drug dependency well
1: that makes sense yeah food if, mm-hmm yeah The way that hit when you take a drug. Right.
0: They're more likely to commit crimes and less likely to become wealthy. Yeah. All of that makes sense. Yeah. Self-control is good for you.
1: Yeah. It's really important. So we've mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again, the infamous marshmallow self-control experiment. So Marshmallow Man, Walter Mischel, is an Ivy League professor known for his experiments in self-control. So about 50 years ago, he created a test to see how various five-year-olds would respond to being left alone with a marshmallow for 15 minutes with instructions not to eat it. And with the promise that if they didn't, they would be given two. So famously, the preschoolers who waited longest for the marshmallow went on to have higher SAT scores than the ones who couldn't wait. And in the later years, they were thinner. (laughs) They didn't eat as many marshmallows. (laughs) Earned more advanced degrees, used less cocaine, and coped better with stress. As these first marshmallow kids now enter their 50s, Mr. Mitchell and colleagues are investigating whether the good delayers are richer as well.
0: That's interesting.
1: But listen, don't worry, moms, if your kid's grabbing up all the marshmallows. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. or Dr. Mitchell. He is in his 80s now, and he wants to be sure that um, parents of self-indulgent children don't miss his key finding. Whether you eat the marshmallow at age five isn't your identity.
0: Self-control can be taught. That's right. I think 15 minutes for a five-year-old is a long time. It's really long. That's a big test. I don't know a lot of five-year-olds who would pass that test, actually. So there's three areas of self-control that we want to look at when we're elevating this virtue for our kids. Sitting still, waiting in line, and taking turns, we all use self-control in ways that might seem simple. But it actually is a pretty complex skill that develops over time. Kids start building self-control when they're really young, and they keep developing it into their 20s. 20s. Yeah. I can see this playing out. (laughs) As kids get older... We're not going to tell
1: any stories. Don't mm, worry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They develop self-control in three areas. Movement control... So they're not constantly moving in inappropriate ways, which gets labeled ADHD, hyperactivity, all those things, mm-hmm. right? They can sit in a chair instead of draping themselves Floppy over chair. body syndrome. right? <laughs> Spaz, spazzing out, yeah. spastic behavior. Mm-hmm.
1: Then there's impulse control. So kids can put on the mental brakes and stop and think before doing or saying something, saying something. That's a big one.
0: Oh, yeah. Mommy, why is that lady so fat? <laughs> oh, my goodness. In yep. the middle of the grocery store. Yeah. <sighs> emotional control so kids can keep going even when upsetting or unexpected things happen and they don't just dissolve into a complete meltdown yeah
1: so movement impulse and emotional control are all aspects of self-control it's a complex
0: kind of concept here it is i know plenty of adults who have not mastered all um, three areas of these things no no yeah and you say hashtag no filter that's yeah. those people <laughs> like come on guys
1: yeah and yeah, you just i just see. think how'd you get that person to marry you that's like really surprising to me.
0: <laughs> they must have other other good attributes. <laughs> so having self-control obviously helps kids in all areas of life, but it is especially important when it comes to being social. yeah, it's it's
1: really important. If you want your kids to have um good relationships, this is something you you're going to want to work on. And I know I had worked on it big time on myself once I had. A child, because I thought, oh, I'm, i I would have said I would have self-rated as very self-controlled. Me too, but nope, no, <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> nope. All these triggers of of you know one extra sock on the floor, <sighs> just one day at the right time, and there went all my self-control. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean the interrupted
1: sleep, the toys everywhere, the just you just name it. It doesn't matter.
0: Right, I just, yeah, I would lose it at the least little thing. Yeah, I think that's pretty common. Some of that has to do with how good you're taking care of yourself with Mm -hmm. your, you know, yeah, sleep. Yeah. Sleep is kind of good for self-control. But
1: I learned really quickly, like I need to, I need to develop this. I don't want my home to be a a place of unpredictability and and chaos for my kids. I really need to dig in and find my self-control.
0: Yeah. If if your home is that tone and that environment, then that's what is being communicated but that's what we do. That's yeah. how we interact with people. With
1: all of these um, character traits in our Cultivate series, you know, modeling is super powerful. So always. They're, they're always watching. Mm-hmm. They're always watching. So, yeah, we can work on that in ourselves for sure. Well, there's different stages of development. And so we thought we would just break down self-control into preschool, elementary school, middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you can do with your preschooler is give them a heads up. This is so important in so many ways. Let your kids know what to expect in a situation and what's expected of them. So for example, you can say, hey, my friend and her son are coming to visit. You might need to let him play your video games, so put away any that are special. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. That helps so much.
0: That's easy. That gives them a sense of control.
1: Yes, yeah, setting the scene. Hey, we're headed to church and people are going to tell you that your outfit looks nice or they're going to ask how you're doing. So what are you going to do? You're going to hide behind my leg? No. You're okay. going to look them in the eye and you're going to answer, at least with a couple of words. All right? You know, just. And let's practice that. Let's practice it. Show me
0: how you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make it a game. Make it fun. Uh, help them to identify feelings. This is so key across preschool, even up into middle school. When kids can recognize feelings before they get out of control, it can help prevent outbursts. So before that tantrum hits, there are generally some cues that you are seeing. You might be ignoring them. But if you watch, if your child is characterized by tantrums, there are generally cues that they're giving you that we are winding up to have a tantrum here. So stop at that point. Don't let it wait until it gets all the way into a full-blown tantrum. No. Um
1: you're doing them a favor, yourself a favor, oh. everyone around you a favor.
0: Yes. Stop it early when the very first little whine begins. Take a little breath and say things like, oh, I can see that you're getting really mad. Or ask them, well, how are you feeling right now? Are you starting to feel angry? Or are you starting to feel upset? Because... You may not be able to do what you want to do or whatever it is. Okay, take a break.
1: Yes, which leads us to our next uh, idea is make a break space. So just you can have a special quiet place where they can go when they get upset. You know, David's parents, he talks about them doing this. They would see him starting to spiral Mm -hmm. and losing his self-control, playing with friends, getting a little too rowdy or, you know, not using his arms and legs in a way that (laughs) is for everyone's benefit. (laughs) And they would just say, hey, come sit over here by me for a minute. Right, just little five minutes. No, there's nobody big in trouble. No, you know, we're in just trouble. we're just taking a little break here. Helping, help
0: me to help you. Yes, <laughs>
1: you can even have a signal like that. You can, have, you can even have like a little. David had a little, um, and even across the store, mm-hmm. the kids would turn. They knew like that was their signal. Like, hey, dad, dad needs you.
0: Yeah, it's a, just a little whisper. Mm-hmm. It's not this, not loud. Get over here right Mm-mm. now. Yeah. You know. No. No. Sweet little gentle whisper. Mm-hmm. And how does that train them to listen to their father's voice too? Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. Love yeah. that. So teach phrases that build self-control. Give kids the language. Toddlers don't know language. They don't come out of the womb knowing how to express themselves. Teach them phrases. I'll wait my turn. Mm-hmm. Next time, maybe next time, I can share it with you. Or I'd like it now, but I'll wait until later. When they hear themselves using those words in that vocabulary. Uh, something about hearing themselves saying it can put the brakes on impulsive behavior. It makes their actions follow their words. You know, we're always telling moms to do this.
1: Be careful how you talk to yourself. If you tell yourself you're a terrible mom over and over, that's very damaging. It, but us, it can be really positive. Mm-hmm. That was really hard for me, but you're doing a good job. So mom, that's what,
0: that's what this is. That's what you're having your
1: kids do. Yeah. Th- there is um, something about how we're made as humans the self talk is very powerful. Mm. So give them good self talk. And talk in a calm voice. So don't match them if they've already kind of spiraled out of control. Get over here right now. <laughs> this is hard. Just try, yeah, it is hard. So try to keep your voice steady and calm even if they're yelling.
0: Right. Cuz you're wanting them to do what you're doing. Yeah,
1: mirror they want you want them, them to
0: mirror you. Yep. So that's for the preschool age going into elementary school ages you're starting now to help kids avoid temptation because a lot of times they're not with you yeah now they're spending time maybe at school or with friends at friends houses uh, and you are not so much the constant supervisor yes as you were with your toddlers so high functioning adults even have been known to lose their willpower at the sight of a donut so one of the most important tools (laughs) i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) Total foreign concept. So, <laughs> one of the most important tools for maintaining self-control is to just change the environment. Yeah, keep like don't go to the donut store. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. young children, like if there's if you know that one toy is going to cause conflict during a play date, don't have the toy. Yeah, put it out. put it away, set it back. That is within your power and right as a parent. Avoid the sweets aisle of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Just. Take it out of the, take it off the table.
1: Yeah. So Dottie Lou loves those little pouches they make now. They didn't have those when we were raising our kids. The little food, baby food pouches. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really need them anymore, but she just really loves them. So I learned the hard way. You don't walk down that aisle in the grocery store. Uh, I put some in the cart to, you know, to take home ostensibly, mm-hmm. and she was not having self-control. She wanted it, wanted it, wanted it, wanted it, wanted it. And I asked Emma, she's like, oh yeah, you can't walk down that aisle yeah. with her.
0: <laughs> like why even put that on? The- yeah. She's only what, 18 she months. Was, yeah. At the time so- she
1: was 15 months or okay. something. Yes. Yeah, she- no, of course she. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just gave her one and hid the rest of them like under the apples or whatever. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, j- just uh, set them up for success moms. Uh, the second thing you can do is create an environment where self-control is consistently rewarded So let's circle back to that marshmallow test. As we noted, preschoolers were given the choice between eating one now or two later. And the kids who demonstrated the greatest capacity to wait ended up in the subsequent years with better outcomes. So um, another woman named Celeste Kidd revisited this research because she wondered how much of that ability to wait depended on the child's expectations. So this is this is what we're talking about when you're talking about rewarding self-control. If experience has taught you that adults don't keep their promises or that institutions don't enforce fair allocations of rewards, why would you wait patiently for a hypothetical prize?
0: Better to risk it.
1: Yeah. Kid tested her idea in a landmark experiment and the results bore it out. It only took a couple of disappointments to undermine the children's willingness to delay gratification. Hmm. And then subsequent studies confirmed our willingness to wait depends on how we weigh the risks and benefits. So what you want to do, parents, is keep your word. Oh, yeah. Keep your word.
0: So adults can opt for immediate gratification when they have reason to distrust the person, promising to deliver a future prize. But even two-year-olds have resisted the temptation of a cookie when the reward for waiting was sufficiently high. So they can do it really young. Yeah, just be sure that you're being reliable. And consistent. Mm -hmm. We also want to support young children with timely reminders. It's really hard for kids to stick with the program if you don't remember the rules. And young children have more trouble keeping our directions in mind. They're easily distracted. So just helpful to remind young children about our expectations. In recent experiments by Jane and Yuko Munakata, three-year-olds were asked to perform a simple task requiring impulse control. Open a box to get a prize. But after you've been given the correct signal, if you see a blue square, go ahead. A red triangle means leave the box alone. What is the best way to coach children for such a task? That's a lot to remember Mm -hmm. for a three-year-old. Yeah. So they tested two different
1: approaches and found that one was clearly superior. When an adult reminded children of the rules just before the trial, kids were more likely to check their impulses. By contrast, giving children a few seconds to stop and think without any reminder had no such effect. So again, that's that goes back to setting them up for success before the situation comes up. You know, friends kind are coming re- over rehearsal. or I'm having a friend over, or we're headed here. Yeah, you just rehearse. Mm-hmm. Role play. Yeah. Remind them. That's right. Or and then have them remind you.
0: Yeah. You tell me. What are the rules? What are we gonna do here? Because mm-hmm. then they're saying it themselves mm-hmm. and that's sort of <laughs> that puts that self talk in their head. That magical self talk that makes you actually believe it. That's right. Well, kids also benefit when we allow them downtime, breaks from following directions and working hard. Because we all know this, I think, studies show people don't maintain the same levels of self-control over time. If you're tired, like we talked about earlier, if you're towards the end of your day, it's a lot easier to eat that dessert than it was to wait at lunchtime. Um, So if you're giving them two demanding tasks to complete, one right after the other, you're usually going to show less self-control with that second task.
1: Yeah. And we, we know this. I mean, even with um, adults, our self-control gets used up through the day. We, we literally lack the energy to keep going in mm-hmm. this area. Our brains are designed to seek a kind of balance between drudgery and seeking out easy rewards. So a creature who sticks with the same old work routine, never taking a break, is apt to miss important changes in the environment. By taking time out to play and explore, we increase our chances of discovering profitable new opportunities. So if you ask a child to go straight from one unpleasant thing to the next, their self-control is likely to suffer. Give them a break. Let them
0: recharge.
1: You know, we know this. Right.
0: They need shorter lessons with breaks in between.
1: Yeah. I, I taught study skills to high school students, and the statistics at the time were that most people reach their peak performance within the first 50 minutes and then that starts to decline they get diminishing returns mm-hmm. without a break but if they took a five to ten minute break it reset their clock mm-hmm. and they could they could get a whole nother 50 minutes of work in some could work as long as an hour and ten but almost across the board no matter how gifted you were it was diminishing returns so those all-nighter study sessions yes like working 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 to the last minute if you're doing that you need to stop and take breaks Yeah, And just in regular life, take
0: breaks. Think about that in terms of a typical American school day that's seven, eight hours long. There aren't a lot, especially for older kids, you don't have recess typically anymore. You don't have breaks except for maybe lunch. So by the seventh period, whoever's got that seventh period class, if you had seventh period history, uh, good luck with that. Oh, I know. It's harder. So you want to also turn must do tasks into want to tasks. A student who won't co- cooperate in the classroom might seem like the poster child for poor self-regulation, but if you give him his favorite set of Legos or a really fun video game, he's all focus, persistence, and drive. It's not that he doesn't have self-control. It's that he doesn't have motivation. He needs to find enjoyment in the things he's asked to do. That's where he needs our help. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, this ties into perseverance, right? You, you persevere through things even when they're hard and you don't want to do them, but at the same time, if we can have good motivations, why wouldn't we want to use them? Right. So I love to watch Food Network. I don't like to exercise. How much more likely am I to exercise if I turn on Food Network?
0: While you're on the oh, treadmill.
1: While I'm on the <laughs> treadmill. A lot. <laughs> a lot more likely because all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, I get to watch that show. And it doesn't feel like total indulgence because I'm doing something else right? while I'm watching it.
0: It's the carrot or the stick. Mm-hmm. Use the carrot if you can, right? Not every task has to be fun and games. No. Some just aren't. But if you can in general, then try to make it pleasant.
1: Yeah. I used to tell my students again from that same study skills class if you've got something really big coming up, a big project, a big test, where's your favorite place to study? Treat yourself mm. to that. And, you know, my high schoolers were driving. Go to your favorite coffee shop, put your headphones on. You know, go out in your... Someone was in their backyard. Go to your backyard. Yeah. Sit out there. Go up in your room. Close the
0: door. Give yourself a little bit of a reward. Give yourself a reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Right. And we're also trying to instill the right mindset for tackling challenges and learning from failure. Um, people who believe that effort shapes intelligence and talent are more resilient. Mm. So... We go back to our perseverance, uh, cultivate perseverance podcast, where we just talked about this: that um, praising kids for their effort
1: versus their gifts, versus
0: their gifts, things that they can control versus things they can't control, works better. Much more powerful feedback.
1: Yeah. So instead of "you're so smart," you could you could say what, Bonnie? You work really hard. Mm-hmm. And the, the reverse is bad as well. So um, I'm so disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. That's a, that general blanket criticism.
0: Ugh. Yeah. Instead of like, well, okay, what's a better way you could have handled that. Mm-hmm. Then you're talking through and it's that particular
1: ended. situation, not mm-hmm. just not being disappointed in you as in a person. Yeah. Every aspect of your character. Well, then middle school. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, Some tweens and teens react badly because they don't know what to expect in certain situations. So just like in the elementary years, when we were setting the scene, just like in the preschool years, when we were preparing them for what was coming, do what you can to set the scene with your middle schoolers. Fill your child in ahead of time. If something's going to be boring or unpleasant, you can say things like, hey, this Saturday, I want you to help me clean up the garage. This should take till about noon, but after that, you can go hang out with your friends. That's just respectful, too, that by then they're starting to manage their own schedule. Right. You need to
0: give them some heads up. Right. Um, The same can be true for having to go to a family affair, family situation, you know. It's not going to be the funnest to sit around and chit chat with all your older relatives. Mm -hmm. But you can do it for two hours. And after that, then you can do something else yeah, but your expectations are going to be this, and I expect you to behave a certain way while you're there.
1: um, also, you need to help them name their feelings. You know, I think we we think that they should be able to do that by this age, and they can't always, Bonnie. They're a swirling cacophony of feelings and hormones that's
0: right. And you remember this is the second biggest time when your child's brain is expanding and and neural pathways are being developed so they don't always know and flooded with hormones that's new to mm-hmm. them. So no, they don't always know what's going on, but you can help them pick that apart. Um, point out the behavior, point out the lack of self-control. I love this example. I've heard a lot of doors slamming today. Can I ask why? <laughs> well, that is not how I approached that situation, but that is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm seeing a lot of sad expressions today. I'm wondering if it has anything to do with those
0: test scores. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, that's really good. Um, And and don't be surprised if they shut you down. No, Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about it. I don't know why the doors are slamming. (laughs) It's because you were being mean. You're being the meanest mommy in the whole wide world. But don't give up. That's right. You're not modeling back to them what they're giving you. You're having a calm temperament and a calm response. So that's what the next thing is. Model self-control. That can take some real commitment on your part. But when kids see the adults in their lives showing self-control, they're more likely to do the same. If you get a parking ticket, count to 10 until the impulse to lose your temper passes. You can't find your wallet, and now you're late taking the kids to school, going to work. Take a breath. Ask out loud, where was the last place you had it? Maybe throw some humor in there. (laughs) By doing this, you're not only modeling self-control, you're also problem-solving.
1: Yeah, problem-solving is just, we talked from our um, art teacher episode, Art and Kids. that She said that's her whole approach to teaching art. Yeah, it's problem solving. It's about that, so mm-hmm. important. And related is um, suggest a cool down. So just encourage your child to take a break in a stressful situation. So if your child's getting angry about a tricky homework assignment or chores and starts yelling at you, again, don't yell back. Just both of you step away till things have cooled down. And walking around the block, getting outside and getting some fresh air. Might help. Mm-hmm. And also, if it's, a, if it's really a difficult task, see if you can break it down into smaller pieces. Yeah, that so, helps so much. Yeah, so if you've got a big writing assignment, well, maybe you brainstorm ideas or maybe you help them pound out that outline before you get to writing mm-hmm. and then get up and take a break.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. You can eat the elephant one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. I said that lots of times to my kids. <laughs> and then when you see your child showing self-control, say so. This just goes if your child's practicing piano instead of doing something more fun, like hanging out with friends, just say, I know you really wanted to get together with your friends, but you should be really proud. You'd finished practicing and figured out a way to see them tomorrow. Yeah, that's that shows maturity, shows responsibility. I'm really proud of you.
1: Mm -hmm. And then high school. Well, the high school years is where you're really seeing, um, Okay, how much is sticking with what what we've put in there and that in that moral warehouse with all those seeds we've planted all the virtues we've been working on let's see how they're taking it and running with it and you don't panic when you see gaps that's information for your benefit parents
0: right and I think a lot of parents do in the high school years because you think time is ticking mm-hmm. I am more and more urgent I've got to pound this into you by the time you get out of here <laughs> but that's not that does not help their stress level no No, it doesn't.
1: And high school is a time of firsts. It's the first time behind the wheel. They likely will have their first job, their first college interview or college visit. It's an exciting time, but it can be stressful. It is stressful. Mm -hmm. Period. Very. So gaining control over your emotions and impulses is a continuing process into the high school years. And as we said, early adulthood. Giving voice to emotions helps teach your teen to recognize difficult feelings before acting on them. This is every single stage. Yeah. Giving voice to your emotions. What
0: are you feeling? Mm -hmm. How do you be honest with yourself?
1: Bring out that emotion wheel. Mm -hmm. I just
0: Mm -hmm. think we should
1: buy about 100 of those and have a giveaway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm up for that.
1: Those emotion wheels. We need them.
0: Lay out clear expectations. Again, just like with your middle schoolers. Teens might get anxious or angry if they feel like chores or events are sprung on them. So fill in your child ahead of time, if possible, if something they might not want to do is coming up.
1: Yeah. Uh, SAT prep. It's coming up next Thursday, so you're going to have to miss your drum lesson. But you can take a makeup lesson on Saturday.
0: There you go. Please try to have the car back by 4 o'clock tomorrow. I need it to pick up your sister.
1: Yeah. Or, um, Hey, we're getting some bad weather this week. Grandma's going to need you to shovel her walk and we'll look at the weather again, um, to see if you need to head over after school or if you can wait.
0: That's great. All of those things. Mm -hmm. And they need to have some back and forth with you on that.
1: Yeah, that's true. They need to have some back and forth.
0: By that time. Well, how about if, I mean, if there's something coming up, well, how about if I do it this time or whatever, you need to be flexible. Yeah. It's at high school. It's not just because I said so. Yeah at all. It's I respect you as a growing ad- young adult. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge their emotions. Many high schoolers have the language skills to tell you how things make them feel. So acknowledge that. Sometimes the way things make them feel might rub you the wrong way. Mm. <laughs> but if you're asking <laughs> them, then you need to listen. Mm-hmm. Help your child use those words to gain more control over actions and reactions. So hey, it seems like that coach's call made you frustrated. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. She said, no,
0: that sounds really
1: disappointing.
0: Yeah. And just give that open window. They may not always walk through it, but give it. Communicate. So, you you know, this is where your child's disposition comes
1: in. Some are going to be open book, and they're going to just tell you, and you're going to think that you're the greatest parent in the world. Like, my child just tells me everything. And then there's others that are just going to come in at an inconvenient time. And start telling you how they really feel about something. And you need to stop. <laughs> and listen. And listen. If you have a child who's a reluctant sharer, mm-hmm. it's you just need to allow yourself to be interrupted. Stop what you're doing. Be late for that appointment. Whatever you need to do. Right. To sit and listen. And that's your self-control. Uh-huh. So
0: hopefully you've been yeah. learning this a little bit together so you can yes. stop and say, oh, it's not about my to-do list. That's right. about my kid's need right this minute.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I made a lot of mistakes in, in this area as I, and I've said some on this, this podcast many times, but one thing I did, um, recognize was this. And I remember one time just actually surreptitiously texting (laughs) like below the kitchen counter, um, my work appointment and just saying, I'm not going to make it Mm -hmm. this, something just came up and I just took a pass and it was like 45 minute, hour conversation. That I'm so glad I was there for. Yeah. They just needed, they didn't even need any advice. They just needed to talk it out.
0: And I love that you still have that memory because that mm-hmm. meant, that was like a, a flag in the sand, I guess. Yeah. That kind of marked an event in your life and you didn't just toss it away. It was an important thing. So, and i and I know your kid remembers that too. That was the time I needed something from mom and she sat there and gave it to I me. So, so. Cause, cause there were awesome. plenty of times I, I didn't. Well, sure. We can't we can't do every single one of them. That's okay.
1: Oh, and catch your teen using self control again. Every stage of life, moms, acknowledge it out loud. Say that you respect them. You appreciate their effort. You admire them. I mean, they're they're fast becoming your equal as they get you know into their twenties. Mm-hmm. This kind of positive reinforcement helps kids think of themselves more positively. Who doesn't love a compliment? Sure. We all love them, and it will build confidence that they they can control their behavior in the future.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you can say things like, I was really proud of you when you walked away from your brother earlier. I know his teasing can make you mad.
1: Mm -hmm. Or I know you'd rather be at practice right now, but your aunt's birthday party means a lot to her. Thank you
0: for coming with me. Mm -hmm. The way you accepted that criticism at your art show... Gosh, that can be so hard to hear, but you were so gracious about it. Mm -hmm. I love seeing that about you. And you know, these things that we say out loud to our teens, if you're making, or middle schoolers, if you're making an effort to find those positive things and point those out to them, there are days with middle schoolers and high schoolers where sometimes it feels like you cannot find positive things to say. The really hard days where everybody's emotions are running high. And it really helps that you have said these things out loud to your teen because Mm -hmm. your brain remembers that you've said them. So you can go back to them in your own head as a frustrated parent and say, yeah, there was that time just last Tuesday where he did this very positive thing. And I'm going to remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You got you to take the long view.
0: One of my favorite
1: uh, tools for teaching virtues was Adventures in Odyssey by Focus on the Family. Who knows how many um, series they have now. It's in the 60s, 70s, maybe. Mm hmm. Uh, it helped put flesh and bones on biblical principles for my kids. And they have several episodes that teach self-control. There's a whole fruit of the spirit series. Um, There's an episode called fast as I can, which is about fasting, which is an aspect of self-control. We didn't even talk about today, but that's a cool thing to do. And the secret keys of discipline episode. So just check that out. If your kids are from really early elementary up to junior high, my kids listen to them through junior high. Yeah. And we, we, Played them in the car, we played them in the bedroom. We they're all digital downloads now.
0: Mm-hmm. Real easy to get to. Easy to get. We listen yeah. to that too. I can remember several of those episodes. Oh, so many, good. so many good ones. Really good. Yeah. So go for it this weekend and maybe use one or two of these tips with your kids to elevate self-control in your house. And if you can't remember everything we said, we've got it all for you on our website at just You can also check out Facebook and Instagram this week. Uh, and take five seconds to read and review the podcast and share it with your friends and family. Yeah. And send us your topic suggestions to just ask your mom podcast at
1: gmail.com. And we'll cover it in a future episode. And we'll see you next time on Just, just ask, ask Your, your Mom. <laughs>